Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Read with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. He was a management consultant and partner for over 25 years with McKinsey and Accenture. He's now founder of Agnes Consulting and has written a book that is a number one bestseller on Amazon in 30 categories. The book is a bestseller in the US, UK, Australia, Canada and Germany. The title? Musings on Leadership. Life lessons to help you thrive as a leader. Here's Tor Masoy. You have years of experience in this area of leadership and leadership coaching. What do you think is most important for leaders to keep at the forefront of their mind when trying to improve themselves at this particular moment of history? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think that for leaders, there are two aspects which are non-negotiable. Regardless of your leadership style, you need these two factors. And the first one is self-awareness. And we can keep practicing all our lives to deepen self-awareness. If you uh, don't really know who you are yourself, if you don't know with great clarity your strengths, your weaknesses, your passions, what inspires you and so on, if you don't know yourself very well, it's very hard for others to sign up and to want to be led by you. And the other factor is clarity of vision. Where are you headed? Why is that important to you? Why does it really matter deeply to you? If you are not very clear on where you are headed, you can be a boss, no problem, but it becomes very hard to inspire others and to lead in the deep sense of that word. So these two things, self-awareness and clarity of vision. So why is self-awareness important to the task of leading When we lead, we typically lead through situations of change. As long as we're just managing the status quo, that is management. But when we lead, we lead through situations of change. And when we lead, that entails risk and it entails danger. Um, Now, the danger may not be physical. We may not die. But it might mean, for example, danger in terms of uh, our ego being threatened or Um, as being vulnerable in a situation where we don't have all the answers. It can be many things. And if we are then not fully aware of how we respond and what our sense of identity is and what our values are and what our hierarchy of values is, if we're not fully aware of these, we can easily get confused and we can perhaps lash out in a way that's not very balanced. We can get carried away by our emotions and so forth. And that is not inspiring leadership. If we are aware in these areas, we can sometimes pause, step back, reflect, and choose which path to go down. And we might be in a better position to ask for help in the right situations. Does this book help us if we are leading at different parts or different rungs of the leadership ladder, so to speak? Do you believe that we all lead from whichever chair that we sit on? Yes, I do believe that strongly. And I think many of us lead, for example, within a family or we lead in a community organization. It could be in a sports organization. It could be in in our churches, uh, in in other religious uh, communities that we are in. And we are often in a situation to lead. And even in a workplace where we may not have anyone reporting to us formally, we provide leadership in the way we set the tone in the workplace, in the way that we shape what is acceptable, um, what are the norms in our teams, how we support one another. And, And even if we, for a moment, don't think about how we lead others, 
we have to lead ourselves. We have to set direction for our lives. We have to prioritize in our lives. And I think that all leadership of others starts with leadership of ourselves. You wrote a great piece in the South China Morning Post. This is a little bit of a veering from your book, but you're based in Hong Kong and the view from the outside is Hong Kong is divided. And you wrote a letter to the South China Morning Post talking about a schism between how people are seeing themselves and how they're seeing others. And I wonder if you think that this also applies to leadership in that it is about putting together maybe a company culture that brings people together rather than emphasizes the differences. Yes, I think that does apply more broadly. We all have certain anxieties in our lives, we may be more or less aware of them, we may be more or less willing to acknowledge them, but they are there. I may, for example, in some instances, have some anxiety, have some fear of not being liked. I may have some fear of not being seen to be in control. I may have some fear of not being seen to be qualified or be sufficiently smart to fill the role that I have. We all have these anxieties. And When we have these anxieties and they get too much power in our lives, then it's very easy to characterize other people who have other priorities, who want to go in a different direction, to characterize them somehow as being bad, as being hostile, and then focus our energy on combating them, on sidelining them. If we can understand our own anxieties and our own fears and take a more balanced, calm approach, it becomes much easier for us to listen to the others, um, to form a, a common platform, to explore with an open mind and with curiosity. So what we're seeing in quite a, a violent way in, in Hong Kong today, where you know two camps are, are labeling the other camp as basically bad in some sense. You can use a more sophisticated word, but that's often what's going on. People are being labeled as other uh, and the enemy, um, the the ones who are opposing our view of how uh, society should develop. Something similar can easily take place in a much less violent uh, fashion and in a smaller scale, you know, at the micro level. Can you talk a little bit about how people can lead upwards, how they can influence Mm -hmm. when they may not have authority? A very powerful way to lead upwards is to uh, to ask questions respectfully, but but to ask incisive questions. So let's say in a workplace there's a culture where a certain kind of humor has been prevalent, and it can be humor which has been sexist or racist or something. And there's a person that comes into this environment, and it's not a formal boss that not have many people reporting uh, to him or her, simply raising the question, are we okay to joke with these things? I understand it's kind of funny, but do we feel that that is okay? It takes courage to ask such a question. And uh, you can ask that of the, the team, of your peers, but you can also ask it upwards. Is it right that we are prioritizing shareholders over the long-term benefits of the environment that we're in, for example? Is it right that we are allocating funds in this manner and not in this other manner? Is that fair? So often it's easier to go with the flow and uh, you know, please our superiors. Um, it's an act of leadership to ask challenging questions. And that brings us to this whole art of giving feedback you say we all can practice from. Can you share some examples? 
I think in my little organization, we have built a culture of feedback and I have a trusted right-hand person who, who regularly gives me feedback. And it's not always uh, very comfortable to receive that in the moment. But when I know that it comes from a good place yeah. and when it's based on concrete observation and when the recommendation provided is actionable, then I can overcome the discomfort in the moment and really engage with the feedback that's being given and that is for my benefit and for the benefit of people that we work with and we can often choose to not give feedback right it's often easier to just let it pass because people could be offended uh, they could misunderstand who am i to give feedback am i really better in some sense am i more mature do i have more wisdom that gives me the right to give feedback um, there are many uh, qualms that could come up and and which could lead us to not give feedback so it, it's an act of leadership and lack of courage to give feedback and if we can do that as a gift um, and, and do it in a productive way where we start out with an observation. You know, I observed this. This had this impact on me. And then maybe give the person a chance to reflect on that. And if they're interested, offer a concrete, actionable recommendation. Um, this can build trust as a, as a deep level when we give feedback, not to vent our own frustration, um, but truly as a gift. There's a gap between, and sometimes a difference between the message you intend to send and the message that is received from the leadership, mm. especially if it's a top-down hierarchical model of an organization. Mm. So what do you say to listeners who may be on their way to C-suite middle management, perhaps, who fear speaking out, giving feedback, fear being singled out as the naysayer? Mm. I would say that this fear is natural, and it is our choice, what we do with it. We can choose to be overcome by this fear, to be overwhelmed by it, and to not speak our truth. And that may be more comfortable in the moment. Leadership comes with risk. We can get hurt when we exercise leadership. And so if we have clarity on our own values and what we want to stand for, that might prepare us to take on that risk um, take on the calculated harm that we might experience, but take that risk because it is the right thing to do. Sometimes there is a cost. And if we have courage and if we have clarity on our values, we will be willing to incur that cost. I wonder if you've had feedback from leaders who are trying to cope with the swiftness of decision making that a world characterized by disruption seems to require and what you say to them. Many people today are, or many leaders are, uh, rather overwhelmed by the pace of change. It, it takes place at so many levels. And I think if I were to offer you know, one consideration, it would be to make sure to not get caught up in the, the frenzied pace, but to find space um, you know, in our lives to, to step back and, and find calm. And sometimes that can be... Um, taking a few minutes out to practice mindfulness. For some people, it might be uh, a moment of meditation. Uh, sometimes we need to take uh, a proper weekend off and not work straight through the weekend. Sometimes it's taking a proper vacation, but making sure that we have this perspective and we choose to what to engage in and not pulled in all kinds of directions by all these forces at play and, and, and this frenzied pace. But we, uh, we take control of our lives and we take control and make active choices about where we engage and uh, expend our energy and our creativity, um, all the resources that we have. 
And finally, I understand you say writing is important to help leaders make sense of their experiences. Your book, I understand, is number one in Amazon in 30 categories. So what do you say to leaders out there who are hoping to replicate that act and write a bestseller of their own? I think it's important to write from the heart. When I started to write, uh, I was not planning on a book. I was uh, writing because it gave me joy and it was a way of processing information that I came across, experiences that I had. And the thought of curating this and putting it together into a volume like this only grew very gradually over a period of, of several years, actually. So I think if people choose to write, it should come from the heart. It should be authentic. That's when what they have to offer will really appeal to people and will add something truly valuable. It's an easy-to-read book that invites reflection from your own experiences. The title, Musings on Leadership, Life Lessons to Help You Thrive as a Leader. This has been Read, and I was talking with the author, Tor Masoy. I'm Michelle Martin. Keep reading with me on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.